entitled, the sermon entitled, Finish the Race. And I was listening to a sermon this week, and I heard this particular illustration. I thought it was quite powerful. And in the whole Christian life, there's many distractions to get you to want to quit and give up. There's a lot of things that are there that will discourage you, and you want to throw in the towel. There are false doctrine that can feel like it's overwhelming. But I want to tell you, finish the race. There was a marathon man named Aquari who demonstrates, as this one illustration puts it, from Olympics.com, superhuman spirit. I wouldn't say that, I just say he had a great determination. He didn't win a medal, in fact, he came nowhere near. But in defeat and in pain, he came to represent something much more profound and enduring than many sportsmen achieve in illustrious careers. John Stephen Aquari was never likely to win the men's marathon, but his chances were wrecked when perhaps because of the effects of the high altitude. I think he's from Tanzania. He succumbed to cramps that slowed his progress. If that was painful, then worse was to come after he was involved in a melee of athletes jockeying for position. He fell to the ground, gashing his knee and also causing a dislocation. He also smashed his shoulder against the pavement. Most observers, seeing his injuries, assumed he would pull out and go to the hospital. Instead, he received medical attention and returned to the track to continue his race. His pace, of course, was now much lower. But his resolve to complete the event remained intact. Eighteen of the 75 starters of that race pulled out. He did not wish to add to that number. And so, much more than an hour after the winner, Tanzania's Aquari crossed the line in last place, cheered home by a few thousand spectators who had remained in the stadium after the sun went down. The medals had already been awarded. By the time he reached the stadium, he was limping and the bandage around his leg was flapping in the breeze. He was asked why he carried on. And his response has gone down in, his, in sporting history. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race, he said. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Aquari recovered from his injuries and continued running long-distance races. He finished fifth in the marathon at the Commonwealth Games in 1970 and also ran the 10,000 meters at the same championships. He was a good runner, but his performance, courage, and dedication in the face of adversity is what history will remember him for. How many people would have the grit with a dislocated knee, a shoulder bent out of place, you said, I'm done, the pain is too much, I quit. The Christian life is too much. I quit. It's not worth it to continue on. And Christian, we have a race to be run. We have a job to do. Here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, 
the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Salvation is the start of your Christian race. It is the beginning of life, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It starts with Jesus. Now, I've been speaking here several weeks on this idea of false doctrine, but I don't want us to forget why doctrine and correct doctrine is important. If we isolate ourselves in ivory palaces, if we forget the many who are perishing or the many who are deceived by the Antichrist spirit of this world, then we forfeit the race of life. Proverbs 24.10, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. I was at an event this afternoon in a viewing service, and some things were going on that they were looking for hope. Can I tell you, as I was there, tears welled up in my eyes, and I said, the answer is Jesus. There are many battles and obstacles to life. There are many adversaries, and I'll continue to speak about these particular doctrines, but I don't want us to forget about the race that must be run. And no matter who you encounter, what false prophets you come across, and what other preachers are doing, you must finish the race. In Acts 20.24, we run in a, look with me here in Acts 20.24, we run in a race because Jesus put me in the race. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. To finish my course, I didn't, the race that you run, you run as a Christian because Jesus put you in that race when you accepted him. Every one of us run a race. If we lose sight of the prize, if we lose sight of Jesus, then we lose sight of everything. We can have perfect doctrine, but not live in light of these truths, and we can lose out on relationships. You see, your life from your birth to your last breath is a race of endurance. Now the point of correct doctrine is your goal is to finish the race well. You don't want to forfeit for the allure of ease and comfort. And I want to tell you this this evening, do not let a false teacher remove you from the race that you started with Christ. As that runner, a quarry, would fall, dislocate his knee, injure his shoulder, he said, I didn't come here 5,000 miles. My country didn't send me here to start the race. They sent me to finish the race. Christian, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but finish the race. Finish the race strong. 
God's got a message for you this evening. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this evening. And Father, I needed this message. I don't know if others do, but I needed it. And Lord, I pray that you'd encourage and challenge hearts tonight as we come to your word once again. Lord, let us not lose sight. Let us not faint. If we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. And so, God, we need your strength to stay strong. Lord, I want to finish the race. I want to finish the race well. And I I desire that for each and every person here this evening. If someone's not in the race and never accepted Jesus as their Savior, I pray you'd encourage them tonight. Father, I just want to say I love you. It's a privilege to be your child. It's a privilege to be in the race for my Savior, Jesus Christ. My finish line is when I meet you. Lord, I pray tonight you take over the service. Take over every word I speak and speak to our hearts. And do what only you can. I love you in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. As we look at this particular verse, we see some things that are necessary for running your Christian life. In Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 7 through 14. Now we'll discuss doctrine and the qualifications further, but in this passage of Scripture tonight, you have to finish, get to the finish line. Now, the Apostle Paul here, he says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. In this passage, Paul is focused on the finish line. Yes, he started the Christian race, but I want to finish well. I mean, he counted everything but loss for Christ. He had no firm attachment to this world. He would count all things as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Uh, He says, I just want to know Jesus better. His aim was exclusively on knowing Jesus. I mean, that's that's his ultimate aim. As I'm running a race... I don't know if you've ever run a street race. Any of you have ever run a race? I had an opportunity one time. I ran a 12K. And uh, I had just biked. I got finished a 500 and something K bike ride the day before. and I mean, it was a three-day journey. But anyways, and as I'm running the race, I had some cramps come up. You know when you're running that race, you're thinking, I can't wait till I get across that finish line Man, I can chug the Gatorade or whatever I'm drinking, right? Some water and some Gatorade. I was, I mean, I was, it was hot. It was really hot that day. I don't know how hot it was, but it was hot. And it came, I mean, I remember coming down the hill and then you come up. I think they call it like the Boilermaker or something. I don't know, but it was a pretty steep hill and you're just like, (gasps) you know. I didn't, you can't lose sight. When you're running, if that pain begins to overburden your mind, you think more about the pain, you slow down, and you may never finish the race. In the adversities that you're going through, I've got to think, why, did I, why am I in this race? Who am I in the race for? Who is it that I'm striving to know? And he's, he was willing to, to lose all in order to have an excellent understanding and knowledge of Christ. Because the love of his heart, when you're running a race, my desire is to get across the race line. It'd sure be nice if I could get across first and get a gold medal or whatever the, the prize is. I definitely wasn't that when I ran. I knew I, I wasn't even close. But it was still a fun activity. But when you're running that race and the race of life, 
you have people that cut in front of you, people that might push against you. I remember running cross country. I ran many cross country races. And you'd have people sometimes bump you and do other things and, hey, buddy, I mean, you just want to, you know, knock them against a tree or like, hey, sorry, I got a little too close. Oh, you know, those things. But if you let that get into your head, it's going to bother you. But the Apostle Paul says, I'm willing to lose everything. I just want to know Jesus. And when you're going through the difficult times, friend, Paul says, I want to know about my precious Savior more. Locked up in chains in prison, I want to know about Jesus more. In a shipwreck, I want to know about Jesus more. Beaten, stoned, he said, I want to know about Jesus more. The Savior and the pursuit of Christ, he was willing to lose all things and count anything as dung, as it said. Dung. Like dog droppings, right? Dung. So that he could win Christ. He says, I don't care what I have to get. I just want to know Jesus. Willing to lose fame, fortune, influence, advancement, and even other relationships. Why? So he could win Christ. Paul's greatest prize was gaining Christ's approval, fellowship, and blessings. And as I mentioned, all of this false doctrine and various things, and we're going to talk more about this, but I, I just felt this week, I said, I want to pull back and understand, come back to a more large view, why is this important? Because I want to know Jesus. I want to know why I'm in the race. Are the aspirations and desires of your heart, you said, I would lose everything if I could know Christ better. If I could know all, if I could have a perfect understanding of Christ, I don't care what I lose, what they do to me, I just want to know Jesus. I don't care if I lose the approval of men. I don't care if my family deserts me. I don't care. I just want to know Christ. Is He the one you're seeking to gain approval from? Is He the one you're seeking what are you doing with our time? The race of life is to be consumed with pleasing Christ. And oftentimes in the scriptures, talks about Christ and the believer and, 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 and various things. And it, there's this idea of a marriage relationship. And, and I want to know my wife better, but man, I want to know Jesus a whole lot more. I love my wife because if I know Jesus, man, I can love my wife as I ought to. I can love my neighbor as I ought to. He is to be brought the glory in everything that I do. I count all things but loss. But loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. I'm telling you, Jesus is precious. Finish the race. In 2004, a painting by Anna Mary Robertson, better known as Grandma Moses, was brought to the Antiques Roadshow for appraisal. Born before the Civil War down in the States, Robertson did not take up painting until late in her life. Her primitive style eventually became extremely popular, and her work commanded a high price. The man who brought the painting to be evaluated had lived nearby, and his mother was a friend of Grandma Moses, he said. She was just a wonderful friend of the family, and she would let my mother buy these paintings, which she thought had relatively little value. I guess my mother did so, too. 
She probably bought eight or ten paintings in all, and my guess was for perhaps under $10 each. Now, the Civil War is 1860s, okay, so a long time ago. The painting that was brought, bought for around $10 was appraised as being worth $60,000. In her early days of painting, Grandma Moses did not think of her works as being very valuable, so she parted with them for next to nothing. How often do we give up that which is priceless for a little temporary pleasure or advantage? How often do we abandon that which matters most for that which matters least? The best way to determine what matters the most to someone is not to hear what they say, but to see what they do. The things we pursue and give our lives to are the things that are, we truly value the most. Fools do not seek wisdom because they do not place any value on it. Wise people will seek wisdom even at great expense because they understand how important it is to successful living. When we value what God values, we are on the path to wisdom. Proverbs 17, 16, Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? And There's a price. We can take our days, our hours, our minutes, our seconds that we have and say, well, this is my time. But I want you to see something here as we look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. Let's look at verse 9. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. You have a permission to be in the race because of faith in Christ. You cannot be in Christ in his righteousness unless you've entered the race. The race of life is not started for Christ under your own righteousness, under your own good deeds. You can only be in the race for Christ by faith in Him alone. Verse 10 gives us the mindset in the race. That I may know Him. Keep your finger there, but we'll go to John chapter 17. Or... Actually, we have one other passage there, but John chapter 17. Do you ever think of what it's going to be like someday when you're, you know, when I get to see Jesus? I get to hug him. I get to see my Savior. What a day that'll be. In verse 3, and thou hast given him power, verse 3 of John 17, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. In the race of life, there are many distractions. There's many obstacles to overcome. There's many trials you're going to go through. There's many things you're struggling with. There's opponents in the race who, man, they fly on ahead. You think, man, they're doing something for Jesus. An obstacle way ahead gets a hold of them. And they drop out and don't do much for Christ. They don't finish the race well. You think, man, they're on a roll. They got it for Jesus. Something sideswipes and hits them. Their mindset is, I'm not determined I'm going to finish the race for Christ well. 
There will be people lying on the side of the road who are quitting because the race is more than their human strength can endure. There will be swindlers who will speak of an easier path to follow. Let's look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. Second Timothy four three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, that'll be comfortable. In verse 4 of 2 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, 4, they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Of these false preachers, these, their mindset is, it's about themselves, it's not about Christ in that race. How fast they're moving. How fast their things are going. They don't realize the spirit in, in their sprint for perfection to focus upon self that they are moving farther from the finish line, not closer. It doesn't matter how fast you're running a race because we each run at a different pace. What matters is you're going in the right direction and you're determined, I'm going to finish the race. Do you care that the race you run helps you to know the Lord Savior better? Does it matter your life is pleasing to Him? This is the Apostle, that I may know Him. You see, it's much more than just a prayer. I'm saying when you're in that moment, can you tell me that in the worst of circumstances, the person you want to speak to and, and have conversation with the most is Jesus? I want to know him. I want to hear from him. The knowledge of Christ's power of his resurrection is experiential. You experience it. And that resurrected life can restore, it can reconcile any life unto the holy God. The race is not run by your power, but by Christ's resurrection power. Here is a desire to have Christ's power in your life and your ministry. We did not enter this life of a human we didn't enter the life of a christian to live it for yourself i live it so that i can serve other people to bring them to a knowledge of jesus christ so that i can serve other christians and help them to get closer to jesus christ finish the race are you going to suffer well, of course you're going to suffer there's always suffering whether you're saved or not but the resurrection power, you have the power to face the persecution and rejection. Look with me at 2 Timothy 4. If you're still there in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. The Apostle Paul, in this race he's running, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, 
The righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love, also that love his appearing. As you think on these very truths tonight, and, and this persecution, and Paul's mindset in this race of finishing the race, he says, listen, I'm ready to die for Jesus. I'm ready to be offered. This life isn't my life, it's Jesus' life. If you think about this, finishing the race of life, it's so often, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I'm telling you, if, you're, if that's your mindset, we have a wrong focus. As he says here in Philippians chapter 3, uh, yea, doubtless, and I count all things, but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Verse 10, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death telling you the Christian life lived completely, fully submitted to him. God, I don't care as long as I get to know you. It's an, you know, it is to live without an eye on my condition. I don't care what I'm going through. All I care is that I know my Jesus. Now, it's easy to, for me to say that. It's not easy when tragedy strikes and your heart is broken. In 1987, Kua Bashir was a youth pastor in the Blue Nile region of Sudan when he was captured by Islamic soldiers. He was beaten for seven days and then released and told to stop his church activities. He refused and was again taken captive by the Muslim soldiers. The officer told him to convert to Islam and threatened his life. Bashir testified about Jesus to the gathered soldiers. He said, if I die or I'm shot dead, I'll be very happy because I will leave an example for other Christians to follow in my steps, he told them. I will die without fear like Jesus on the cross. The officer decided not to kill Bashir, but instead poured acid on his hands, leaving him with a mass of useless burned flesh that daily reminds him of his decision to refuse Allah. Since that day, his wife has had to feed him because he cannot use his hands. Bashir's faith has remained strong, and today his burned useless hands have become a living testimony to the youth in the Bonga refugee camp where he works along, along the Sudanese-Ethiopian border. We will all be testing our faith, but Christ is faithful and he will be with us during our trials. Let's look at another passage of scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I've mentioned it many times before, my two favorite verses in the entire Bible, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. In the most difficult times of my life, this verse, I would recite it and recite it and recite it and recite it. And more and more and more, I was out running in the military, and this verse was going through my head as I was just battling things. Wherefore, Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You see, Christian, whatever you've gone through, there's been Christians before that have gone through it. You're not alone. Let us lay aside every weight what is it in your life that's weighing you down? What relationships, what activities are weighing you down in the Christian life and pulling you back for Christ? And the weight, every weight, and the sin which is so easily beset us. What is that thing when I'm making progress for Christ and all of a sudden I find myself doing the very thing oh, I hate, oh, I did it again, right? Besetting sins. Beset. I mean, it, it takes you backwards. 
And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, if it ended there, you might say, okay, well, I'll, I'll run the race with patience. But God doesn't stop there. He gives us the exact mindset in the, in the race. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. The author. He's the one that puts you in the race. And the finisher, and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, his eye is always on the finish line. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Christian, if we are thinking about, someone did this to me, this happened to me, I didn't like this, all sorts of things can happen in our lives, and, and we just begin like, ah, you know, and we begin to rage and angry and all sorts of, you know, emotions come about. I'm telling you, if that is our focus, I've lost sight of the finish line. I've lost sight of the finish line. I'm on the distractions. If you're playing a game in a team sport and you can get into the mind of the enemy, or the, not the enemy, but the mind of the opponents. Let's, I don't want to say enemy, but you might say enemy. Anyways, the mind of the opponents, the opposing team, if you can get in their head, you're playing basketball and you're playing rough and, you know, ever so often you're holding onto their jersey and doing all sorts of, and, and they're just like, you know, and they're like shooting bad because you've got in their head. They're not as effective. You're not as effective in the, in the race you're running when you're looking here and now. There's going to come a time in you, as you run the race. I've heard if you run a marathon, I've never run a marathon, but I've heard in the marathon, once you hit about mile 20, your body begins, all of the energy you've done, you begin to go into like anaerobic respiration, or something, I don't even know what they call it, but anaerobic, like your body just, it's starting to stop burning, you know, all the carbs and everything your body has, and now it's beginning to burn fat, because you've used a tremendous amount of energy. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. If you know about this, Apologize. That last, I mean, there's just like, you've got to say, when you're at that point and your body's switching on what it's burning, you're like, I'd like it to burn fat. Amen. But your body's aching. You're hungry. Man, I can't wait till I get to that finish line. You'll feel the fatigue, the dehydration, the heat, the pressure, the crowds looking at your performance. Oh, that guy's no good. Don't lose heart. Look to Jesus. Love Jesus. Know Jesus. As we come back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You're not running the race because someone told you to be in the race. You're not running that race because someone is going to give you a prize. Don't ever forget the goal. I'm running because God called me in the race. God called me to the ministry I am to do. Don't get your eyes off the prize. James chapter 1, verse 12, Blesses the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. 
That's James 1.12. Revelation 3.11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. There's no quitters in the race of life. There's no cheaters in the race of life. There will be swindlers in the race of life seeking to sell you something to get you to the end faster. But all that they sell you will get you out of the race. False teaching gets you out of the race. You see, the attitude, look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. The attitude I've got to have in this race. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 9. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. You have self-control, right? Temperate, self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means... When I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. If there's something in your life and you're continuing to be pulled into it, Paul says, I want to have a mastery over my body, my desires, my affections. I want to have mastery because I don't want to be disqualified. No, in an actual race, there's only one person that wins, that comes across the line first, right? But as you run that race, you're striving for mastery. Your body aches. Your mind tells you quit. You slow down. You sit down or rest. And these are all destructive. Have you ever been working a hard day? And, I mean, you're sweating and you're just like, you're filthy. Or, I mean, you're just like, you could take your shirt off and, you know, wring it and it's like, you're like, gross, right? All the sweat. And then you get a good drink of water, a nice meal, you sit down, and then you're like, I don't want to go back outside. I don't want to get back up. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Famous last words. And you don't get back up and finish the job. You can't. You can't do that in the Christian life. you got to run. You have to have mastery over your body. You can't let other things control you. You've got to have mastery through Jesus Christ. Temperance, self-control. Otherwise, if you don't have that control, you can be a castaway and, not, and then you're not useful. Galatians 5, 7, Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? They should not obey the truth. A failure to be in truth will hinder you in the race for Jesus. The truth of Christ and knowing him is gained through prayer and the word of God, Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You know, see, there's no magical formula to winning a race that you never enter. You can't win a race if you don't enter the race. There's no secret to, there's no secret to winning a race if you run in the wrong direction. If the start line to the finish line and all the little detours and turns in between. But if I'm, at the, if I'm somewhere in between and I begin to turn around and go the opposite direction because I think that's the truth, you're not going to win the race very well. 
The very word of life is the only manual letter to know Christ, this book. As you follow the path of right, race, as you follow the path of life and, the, and that race in an upright in a temperate or self-controlled manner, you'll rejoice in the day you cross that finish line. Look with me, one of the last passages this evening in Galatians 2.2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 2. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. That vain there is just meaning emptiness, right? For no real purpose. Just as your ambition is to know Christ and win Christ, so also the message of your race is that others would know Christ. You know, there's those on the sidelines that are watching. They need to know where you're going. There's been times you've seen, I know we have the, um, I just drew a blank. Who's that young man that lost his leg in cancer and eventually succumbed to it? He died. There's that race, very famous guy. Terry Fox, right? There was other people that ran with him in that race. And he, his endurance, thank you very much, I can't believe I forgot that, anyways, he was running the race and other people would at times run with him. You see, Christian, if you quit the race, you'll never have others to come alongside you and you can lead them towards the finish line. If you give up when it's hard, there's going to be no one else later in that race to join up with to run. If you quit, if they'll faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small, says Proverbs. There's people on the sidelines that are watching and they need to see you keep going. They need to get in the race of Christ. And the only way they will know is if you tell them. you got to get in the race. There's a famous poem by a man named C.T. Studd who would work alongside Hudson Taylor, a famous missionary from many years ago. His life was sold out for knowing Christ and finishing the race of life well. He writes this poem. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way. Bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its day I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when, a sa when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. 
Give me, Father, a purpose deep in joy or sorrow, thy word to keep, faithful and true, whate'er the strife pleasing thee in my daily life, only one light. T'will soon be past, only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne, only one life t'will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, t'was worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has burned out for thee. End quotes. C.T. Studd, a missionary. I want to ask you this evening as we draw this to a close. Paul said, I forget those things that are behind. You may have had a lot of baggage in the past. And there's things to work through. And I'm not trying to undermine or minimize what you've gone through. But that won't help me get to the forward. The past isn't going to help me to know Christ better. You've got to keep your eyes on the finish line. Christ will heal. You've got to ask God to heal. And I, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to minimize what anyone's gone through. But if I'm looking this way, I'll never get to the finish line that way. Finish the race. Is the knowledge of Christ... You see, when you begin to know Christ, whatever you've gone through, and you know Christ, and you begin to see through His Word, and it speaks, and it, and it just starts changing you as you know Christ, you'll say, okay, Lord, you've made me the person I am today so I can help others to finish the race. Do you seek to finish the race of life, or do you seek to live a life of ease? Will be If we seek a life of ease, we'll be a useless Christian if our life is not run to know Christ. If you don't know Him this evening, I encourage you to come today. 2 Peter 3, 9, last verse. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Christian, you must settle now that your life's aim is, I want to know Christ. I want to watch what he'll do in a life. This life's affections, this life's comfort and ease and amenities and all sorts of things that we can get wrapped up into in our minds, it hinders the race, sidelines you from the race. God didn't, God didn't put you in the race to quit the race. He put you in the race to finish the race. So as you think on these truths tonight, I trust as a Christian, I don't know what you're going through, but I want to encourage you, don't quit. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't let up. Keep the hammer down. Keep on trucking. Finish the race. And if you don't know Christ tonight, oh my, I'd love to show you how you can know him. It's worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last.
I think that ought to be a good model for our lives. If I could have Mrs. Pack come forward this evening as we come to a time of invitation. Wherever you're at this evening, I, I really want to challenge you. Are you determined, I'm going to know Christ? And if that's your aim, you'll finish the race well. Know Christ. Know Him. Love Him. Don't let any other distractions know Christ. That's what Paul said. I'm willing to lose everything. I just want to know Christ. Make that the aim, and you'll finish the race well. Simple formula. Simple truths. I just got to get myself out of the way and just want to know Christ. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, as we come to a time of prayer, wherever you may be this evening, I want to challenge you again on those thoughts. And if you don't know Christ, man, come to Him tonight. It's worth it. I promise you. The Savior who died on that cross to encourage you. As the music plays, Christian, finish the race. struggling in the race, struggling in your Christian walk, love to meet with you and, and chat and sometime this week. Oh, man, help each other to finish the race. Keep that fire for Christ burning. Maybe as I was preaching this evening and if you, I'd say, Pastor, I'd like you to pray for me. God was speaking about me about something, maybe directly or indirectly of what I was stating, but I'd like you to pray for me this evening. Would you just put up your hand real quick? I'll happily pray for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I won't mention your name. I won't say anything, but I will pray for you. I promise that. Anyone else? Thank you so much this evening. I love that illustration. They didn't send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. Christ didn't put me in the race and die on that cross to start the race. He, he wants me to finish it. I trust you'd finish it well. As the music comes to a close here shortly, I trust the message tonight was encouraging and convicting. Our dear heavenly and gracious Father, Lord, I love you so much. Lord, I feel unworthy to be in the race. Unworthy of the grace we've been given, and Lord, it's just a privilege. God, you know the pace we can all go, and you never drive us too hard. We just got to look to Jesus. Know you. And Father, I pray is in the days ahead, the endeavor of our heart as distractions and other things come to sideline us and ruin us or hurt us, we would stay focused. I want to know Christ. For those who raise their hand this evening, Lord, I pray that you'd be with them. Whatever way you've spoken to them, if they made any decisions, I pray, Lord, that they would, you'd give them the strength to stay with those decisions, to be steadfast. I'm not moving. I want to know Christ. Lord, I want to finish that race well. And 
And someday when we all meet Jesus, we all get an opportunity for the home gathering, the homecoming. I want to see that smile on your face. Help us to be found worthy. I love you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Look at the bulletin. There are a few items uh, this week.